I'm pleased and happy to repeat the news that we have in fact caught and killed a large predator that supposedly injured some bathers. But as you see, it's a beautiful day, the beaches are open, and people are having a wonderful time. Amity, as you know, means friendship. to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't. We thank you so much for hitching a ride along with us today. Happy 4th of July, happy birthday America. I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logson, and with me as always are my two esteemed co-hosts. I'm Dave King of the Road. And I am the Lord Ketchum. Tonight we're discussing Jaws from 1975. Yeah, buddy. Donna. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, we're going big. Baby shark. Oh, no. Okay. You ruined it. Cut. <laughs> no, Dave. All right, I did it. Bad. Don't it's, stop. It's out. It's out. It's already done. Oh, my God. It. That was a good intro, too. Yeah, Fuck. Fucked it all up. Anyway, if you don't know this movie, guys, you're missing a perfect movie. You can look it up. It's legendary. Top three movies of all time, probably. So. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying that's down. my opinion. I'm saying calm that's the, the view of the world. So, in 1975, for sure. But anyway, spoilers ahead. Right. And sharks ahead. No doubt. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. Mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. <laughs> Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus. You're going to need a bigger boat. From the best-selling novel, Jaws, rated PG, maybe too intense for younger children. So, first thing I want to start off with, this is our first 70s movie. Is it? It is. Our first 70s movie, 1975. Is there a more iconic theme music in cinema history than this? I mean, I know there's a lot of movies you can make an argument for. Sure. Well, both done by John Williams. Right. Just Uh, pretty much, yeah. John Williams. Psycho. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it it ranks. It's it's definitely the. And if you, I'd say Superman top weren't aware. Sure. Steven Spielberg laughed at it the first time he heard it because yeah, he didn't he did. think it was uh, right for his movie. He thought he was joking with yeah. John Williams. Are you, what are you fucking with me? Or right, he was like seriously, like okay, where is it really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is it. It's it worked out just fine. Though. Super effective. So simple too. It's, I don't know. I. I don't know if it is the most iconic or not. I don't know. It's, it's a great question. That's a that's a hell of a discussion to get into. And it's I don't one know of the what most well known. I mean, right? Sure. Yeah, it's plugged into 
a lot of different movies have used it throughout Absolutely. history and everything. Parodied and yeah. airplane, right? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That's I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, growing up as a kid, anytime there was a Jaws reference in another movie, I was like, "Aha! I see it! I got it! I knew that." That was before they were called Easter eggs, listeners. <laughs> this was actually the theme music was ranked number six all time by the American Film Institute as far as their top twenty-five of films, uh, top twenty-five greatest film scores. Do you have the five above that? I don't. Oh, uh, well. listeners, do your own research. I bet you Star Wars. Is the mayor let you down, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> As usual, I'm sure Star Wars Chops is above it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Psycho could be over it. Could be. Probably. I can see we're Superman. Seriously. like Yeah. I mean... That's my biggest issue with the new Superman, is they refuse to use the John Williams score. I'm like, really? Hmm. That's why I don't like you. <laughs> Plus, you know, your Superman's a little... I don't know, too manly. British? I don't know, he's too manly or something. I mean, I want my Superman manly. I was say... I want He-Man manly. I don't want, you know. Not too manly. I don't want him too manly, though, yeah. All right. Kind of so. mucks it up. <laughs> okay. He needs to be a little nerdy. I'm sorry, but Clark Kent's, you know, nerd, and then and the new one he's not, so. Yeah, Christopher Reeve nailed that part, I yeah. thought. The nerdy aspect. Okay, so yeah, I just did some research. Okay. Number one, Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Number two, Gone with the Wind. Number three, sure. Lawrence of Arabia. Four is Psycho. Mm. Five's The Godfather. Ah. And then coming in at six is Jaws. Cool. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go, listeners. We got it in. After we get the intro, the underwater uh, exploration of the space, I guess you could say, where we get the title sequence and everything, we go to the beach party that we have, you know, going on with the bonfire. I'm kind of curious. Do you think Friday the 13th kind of riffed off of this for their open, maybe? Just made it a little more wholesome because it was at a summer camp for kids, you know? Singing I can see, see that. I mean, I think everything riffed off this movie after it because it was a game changer. Right. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock was kind of pissed from what I read that this kind of knocked Psycho, you know, off Down the pedestal because yeah. it was, you know, it was the passing of the torch. Right. I wasn't ready to pass the torch, but... Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I would. That's one thing I think I would have loved to have been at least old enough where I could have gone to the movie theater to seen this when it came out. You know, when it came out in 1975. Right. You know, now I did go see it. I took all my uh, took Adrian, my oldest. We went to go see it for the 40th anniversary re-release, and I'll tell you that was that was super cool. Totally enjoyed it. It was the second movie that I actually saw in theaters was a re-release. The first one was uh, The Exorcist, where you got the, the director's cut from William Friedkin. And that was an awesome experience, seeing that on the big screen. So, hmm. but I, I thought, I think that would, you know, there's, I think there's certain movies that come out and, they, you know, they just, they just totally turn cinema or a genre on its ear. And this is absolutely, I think this is one of these movies. And I think it would have been awesome to be a moviegoer in the summer of 1975 and see Jaws for the first time. How amazing oh, yeah. would that have been? Yeah, yeah, I think that's when it was most effective, I mean, too. Right. And the thing about it was, is at that time, summer movie releases in theaters were like the the schlocky B-movies. It was kind of the castaways, really. And this was originally slated because, you know, it's 
famously known that it was over budget, it was overdue, just basically, just honestly, I think it's kind of a, a miracle that this movie even got made, let alone released, and then to have the impact that it had culturally is just, it's incredible. It's This whole movie was a happy accident. Yeah, Everything that went against this movie, whether it was, you know, in pre-production, you know, I mean, we all know that the shark mechanically failed countless times and was honestly down more. The shark's not working. The shark's not working. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay, since we're talking about that, do you guys know how much screen time Bruce, our shark, has screen time? How much? How many? Oh, I mean, he doesn't show up until, shit, last half an hour of the movie, I'd say, right? So maybe forty minutes. No, less like than that. Less than that. Oh, no, man. no, I'm talking about Did like you say forty. No, no. Actual he came time. in about yeah, like yeah, yeah. Four, with forty, 40 minutes minute left oh. in the movie. Okay, I got you. You know, um, he probably only got I'd say three minutes. What do you say, King? I'm going two. Three Lawrence minutes. Lawrence got it. Four yeah. minutes. Oh man, four right. minutes of yeah. screen time. All right, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean. And and Spielberg had full intentions of showing this shark like a lot of it's he's in just the forefront, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we do have some real live action shots from Ron and Valerie Taylor where we get you know uh, kind of jumping ahead where but we have the the cage scene, yeah. which led to Hooper living in the movie, right? Versus in the book uh, where he perished. <laughs> Yeah, this, the, he did all, the cage he did scene. What he could. He what did what I he understood had. was just too good to not use. Spielberg's like, we have to use this. It was great. We're changing footage. the ending because this is such good footage. Yep, yep. But well, and you don't want two of the three main characters dying off and shit. You know. So yeah. Final. He made a good call, I think. Yeah. Okay, so while we're talking about, because this is another uh, adap- uh, book adaptation that we're reviewing, I think the first was Pet Cemetery. I don't think. Well, and then Christine. Well, and Children of the Corn too. <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> Stephen King month, guys. Right? Yeah. Go, guys. Stephen, it's been <laughs> go a back. Long go day, back and listeners. listen. But uh, anyways, so this is another one, and I, I I think the typical mindset is whenever we have a book that is written and then there's a movie that is made that the book is better than the movie. Mm. Do you, are you guys familiar with the book? Have you read it, the book? It came out well. Like, I, I, no, I've never read it. I mean, it came out a year prior to the release of this movie. I've or, checked out the Cliff Notes. When they started... Uh, it was right after it became a bestseller is when they started getting right. the uh, the uh, rights to the movie and they started to get the wheels turning, yeah. Uh, I, I have read it. It was a long time ago when I was in my early teens. And there's there's a good bit of difference from the movie and the book, which is uh, not uncommon. But just to highlight come a, just a couple of the differences, uh, there was a uh, obviously you guys know with they the Mayor Vaughn and a lot of the townspeople they want to keep tourism open because sure. you know yeah. that's the lifeblood of you know Amity Island. There was some mafia connections with Mayor Vaughn in the book. Oh, well, I could see that. Actually. So we have a subplot there with the mafia. Mm. Uh, we also have a subplot that uh, Ellen Brody and Matt Hooper were having an affair. <laughs> and in the book, in the book, really? yes, huh. yes. Interesting. Uh, Brody resents Hooper in the book. Um, he's kind <laughs> of a depressed guy. He's 
coming to grips that he's getting he's an older guy and he's jealous of Hooper. Hooper in the book is like he's an asshole. He's arrogant. Hmm. Quint doesn't hardly speak at all in the book. So Robert Shaw made that his own. Right. Um, trying to think what other uh, significant differences there were. When they go out to go hunt the shark on the orca, in the book, every night, they go home. And then they go back out the next day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think, in my personal opinion, the changes that were made... For the movie. For the movie, right. in addition to the shark not working, I think there's just way too many little subplots going on in the book that would... Personally, if it was in a movie, it would kind of take me out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the movie's better than the book in this case. Oh, good call. I think you could make an argument for that. Okay. So, from the moment you get that underwater shot of Chrissy Watkins in the water from the very beginning when she after she you know goes into the ocean, you're just like, "Oh shit." <laughs> and you start getting that theme and then you get that jerk. Right. And it's on. I will say because I watched this movie at a pretty young age and it's a movie I'm very familiar with that scene of her getting thrown around just thrashed around in the water and her screaming and you hear that like the gurgling of the water I guess they did that off screen where they had a microphone right at her face and they were pouring water down her throat and it was just her reacting and they edited that in that scene is like the measuring stick for me as far as what fear is depicted like in film. Hmm. That is genuine fear. That is terror. I mean, I, I don't what know. What do you guys think? I, Jaws to it's me effective. is, it, yeah, it is effective. Um, you know, it, it, it's a little disturbing. I'm not really afraid of water or anything like that. So, okay. I mean, it's just. It's it's really cool. It is creepy. I like the effect right at the end, right right when she gets taken down. You know, she's she's in mid scream. You know, like oh, her, God, her, help me, help her. It's it's just, just it's in the drunk. middle of a breath and stuff and everything. You know, it's it's jarring. It's that, so that's sudden. that was really cool and everything. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. This movie isn't. This doesn't give me the scare factor like it, like that terror that you're talking about. Okay. I think it's. I don't know. I, I think, think it's it is. Pro- it's fair it's to fine. say it's a fear of water thing, though. Sure, or it's yeah. that unknown. You don't. You can't see yeah, what's yeah. underneath me, and you're just suspended in water, and that's that's a creepy feeling, you know. Right. Uh, even in like a pool, like I've gone swimming in a pool at night. Like I, I, you know, like okay, I'm totally irrational, you know, <laughs> but like. Damn, I'm kind of weirded out right now, and I want to get out. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna lie to you; that's happened to me before in a swimming pool. Yes, huh. I don't know. Maybe if I lived closer to the ocean, I would yeah. think differently. But I don't know. Since we, you know, we are where we are, I don't know. It just doesn't yeah, have that right. My, I guess that big effect on me. I don't know. My brain tells me that the uh, potential of a shark attacking me while I'm at the beach one time a year is slim to none. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I go to the ocean it's like lightning and I go in the water right. and I'm not afraid. Of, yeah. I don't think about. I'm more. I'm more afraid of stepping on something. Yeah. Uh, Sharp. <laughs> not a. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, stingy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Squishy. <laughs> you know. I'm not. I'm not or worried pinchy. about a shark. <laughs> 
I don't now, know. But yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. But there's I, some sweet, sweet scenes in this movie. You know that. Right. I'm like, oh my god, yes, perfect. Yeah. You know, you know when the boy gets his arm leg chopped off, you know, chopped off and everything. That, that's that was fantastic. The right. water coming up and it's all red and everything. It's just thrashing. It's great. It's great. How how much? How many people do you think that this movie caused a phobia of like the water? Or Tons swimming? of people. Yeah. Millions. People are susceptible. I, I mean, you know, this is a widely known movie that's been seen I don't know, by I mean, everyone. Oh, millions for sure. Okay. Know? I mean, I mean, because yeah. I'll tell you, well, I mean, how many times have you gone into a swimming pool and you know played Jaws? Pretty much, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just went underwater yeah. and grabbed right. your friend's leg or right. something. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that's like the dad go-to move. Yeah. Whenever you take your kids swimming right now, did kids do that in the fifties and sixties? And stuff. I'm sure. Did they play shark attack and stuff in the swimming pools and Maybe everything not. like that? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I think if you were a teenager in 75 and this movie came out and it was the biggest thing in the country, it would be like... It replaced Marco Polo. Yeah. It would be <laughs> a holy shit moment that changes America. Right. Well, I mean, and it did. It really did. Yeah. In numerous ways. I mean, it affected culture, not just in America, worldwide. Sure. It really did. There are members of my family who are affected by this movie. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're afraid to. They, they got a legitimate fear of water when wow. it came out and stuff. You know, so. Wow. But going back to what you're talking about, like going into the ocean, like I will say, like, okay, I totally acknowledge the rational me. The odds of this happening slim, super slim, right? But there is a bit of trepidation every time of that what if. Yeah, what sure. if? You, you take, know? Right. I don't know. So I, I can't. I don't have a fear of water because I do go swimming. I do go to the ocean. I go swimming in the pool, you know. But I do always, there's that trepidation of just like a, that little <laughs> uneasy, yeah. you know, feeling. Now, if just, a shark was, you know, it falls out the beach and a shark was right there, you know, I seen Finn and everything. Yeah, I'd panic. I, oh I, yeah, I would panic. I'm getting the hell out of the water. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I wouldn't go knowingly swimming in a pool and shark and infested water yeah, people, right? like people do. That's crazy, you know. Yeah. Do you reckon the people of the Sentinel Island, below India, are aware of this movie? You know the the un, untouched tribe or whatever that killed somebody last year. I mean, they're they're on an island. I don't know. Untouched by me. I'm not. Super familiar with, with I, it, I vaguely remember something about that, but I would dare to say no. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's why maybe they, they haven't have escaped that island. They're scared to death of the jaws. Maybe that's the only sure. movie they ever seen. I mean, that's, that's that's how famous this movie is. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> that's the only those people may have seen it. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh man, somebody may have dropped off a right. vintage TV VCR combo with jaws. Oh man, they're like, like here's your first print of MCA Rainbow. Jaws. Here you go. I'd love to have You're a You're welcome. <laughs> Anyone, if you know where one can be found, yes. let this guy know. I am looking for a uh, Jaws <laughs> MCA Rainbow VHS with matching is. tape and slip. So, oh, yeah. you know. Preferably. has got one out there. Preferably near mint condition, but we'll take it. I'll take whatever. Sloppy seconds. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it plays. So this was the first time that Martha's Vineyard, where... This was where Jaws was filmed was ever used for a feature film location, and I, again, like we talked about in the uh, vacation episode, we talked about uh, 
family vacations, and I know I talked about ours coming up in fall this fall, and we're going to go to Martha's Vineyard, and I am super stoked and excited yeah. to go visit some Joel's locations, and so is Adrian. So this is pretty cool. Tell Meryl yeah. Streep I said hi. <laughs> right? If it hadn't been for this movie, I would have thought Martha's Vineyard was strictly like a uh, wine... Uh, a winery? A winery, yeah, where the whole right. land was used to grow grapes <laughs> and make wine because it's a vineyard. You right. Know, and it's Martha's. Well, and it's kind of like where I was born. I was born in Washington Courthouse, Ohio. Yes, that is a city, the whole thing, Washington Courthouse. Hmm. No, I was not born in a courthouse. <laughs> and it wasn't in Washington. <laughs> so, But yeah, that's interesting. And also, to add on to that, my grandma's name was Martha. So oh, that was always cool. something I thought was cool, too. So it just added to like this connection to this movie Sweet. when I you know, was a kid. So Sheriff Brody's truck, it's a convertible pickup it's awesome yeah and it's, it's like really cool was that a thing back in the mid 70s yeah because i don't yeah. really recall that yeah my dad had a 78 bronco um it, the the back came off back top came off of it and everything okay i remember cruising the north bend and everything when i was a kid oh, top down yeah. and everything on a bronco nice badass you know okay a lot of fun Okay, because I, I, I always was like, man, that's that's a super cool vehicle. And I knew as a kid, like, I always wanted, like, a Hot Wheel of that. Yeah. And I always thought it was a really cool-looking truck, and I still like that body style to this day. It's a like, classic look for me. Mm-hmm. Super nostalgic. But No, okay, so, all right, so it was a thing. We get pretty quickly that Martin Brody, played by Roy Scheider, is, no pun intended, a fish out of water coming from New York City to Amity Island. Hmm. And I think he plays that very well in yeah. this movie. And and I will go ahead and say, for all three of our main actors, Richard Dreyfus, Robert Shaw, and Roy Scheider, this is the first movie I was ever introduced to with these guys with these actors. So forever and always these three guys are always going to be Hooper Shaw or Hooper Quint and Brody. I think the first time I watched a movie with, I, I would I have to agree with you with Roy Scheider and Robert Shaw, but I think the first time I saw Richard Dreyfuss in a movie was American Graffiti. Oh, that's a good okay. one. Yeah, that's, you get a that's young the very first one. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Because he was always on the he's trying to get in contact with like Wolfman Jack or something like that. In that movie, I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah. Wasn't he like Ron Howard's buddy? Yeah. In the movie, okay. Yeah. Right. One of them. That's yeah, cool. they're all they're all buddies. I think in that movie. I don't know. I can't. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. But yeah, that's the first time I've ever seen him. And okay, we have the Chrissy Watkins aftermath. They find the body on the beach, and we have the scene where Brody goes to the local like hardware store, general store, whatever, and he was getting a paintbrush out of one of the, like a vase sitting on a shelf, and yeah. it fell. I've always wondered, and I didn't find anything on this. Was that intentional, or was that just by total accident, and they just left it in? I don't know. I mean, was there water in it? No, it was just full like of paintbrushes, okay. and he knocked them all over, and it just made a big mess. Okay. So when I watched it, I thought it, it sounded like water or something was dripping out of it. I don't know. I just found that really weird. Because I just, I don't know, there was something about Roy Scheider's facial reaction to me that kind of makes me think, at least, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. What do you think? Could be. Could be. Yeah. I mean, 
Or have you not analyzed that scene as much we, as we, I We would have to find the script. <laughs> I'm sure it's online. Sure. And see if it's in the script. I, I don't know. Okay. It's, a good, it's, it's fair enough to, nah, I'd, to wonder I'd say, about that. You know, I think it's fair to wonder it, about that. It was a goof and... It was a good ad. He's in a rush. He's in a rush. Well, I think it also adds to that, again, that fish out beach. of water. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it adds to that. So, Because as soon as, you know, he leaves there, you know, in come the political guys and right. telling him, hey, man, we get the, we're, uh, we're, we're staying open. <laughs> you get the coroner and Mayor Vaughn in his anchor decorated suit jacket. I mean, this guy's a sleazeball. <laughs> yeah. A super duper sleazeball. You know, and like we I've already talked about in the book, he was he has mafia ties. I, I think they could have alluded to that in the movie, uh, just subtly and it would have been right. just fine. See, I like that they just left it as this is a uh this is a tourist community that mm. strives on those tourism. And if it numbers happen, and if it doesn't happen, yeah. like Quint says and yeah. seeing like get on welfare, yeah, <laughs> ante up or be on welfare for the rest of winter. That's a fair enough excuse for him to be that way. I mean, right? I I, th- I like that. I, I like yeah. it the more simple, less complex explanation. More sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. I want to jump to the Alex Kittner scene. Um, I, I think this scene is the base of my childhood fears of water and swimming. I mean, it did. It, tra- it, it, it traumatized me. It did. It messed with me. I didn't even want to get one of those, like, raft floaty things. Seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm not lying to you guys. Like, this is no bullshit. Like, it, as a kid, this movie terrified me, but it fascinated me, and I loved it. And I was so drawn in with the characters, you know? But it did. Like, this movie messed with me a lot. Hmm. It really did. It's crazy. It really did. Well, that's what makes us horror fans. I mean, right? This was probably te- this that... was probably my first horror movie. Okay, to be totally honest with you, I think that's what makes it effective too. Like Is in '75, if you saw it chronologically, before Halloween's and uh, Friday Thirteenth and all the you know campy '80s slashers and stuff, right? If you saw it before that and never had seen those, I think you would have a different outlook on it. I think right. that's maybe where that's more effective. Right. It was because I did the see this like before it at the Halloween, time. yeah. You know, and a lot of the other horror movies that I think I've that seen makes since. a different perspective to you. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I guarantee it does. Is it horror? This is an interesting topic. Uh, I don't something think I wanted it is. to bring up, and I'm glad you did, Lord. What genre is this? It's terror. I mean, it's suspense. Terror? That's suspense. Thriller? Suspense. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Suspense is what I would call it. Just straight up, it's a suspense thriller type yeah. movie. I don't yeah. think you can deny it of horror elements. I mean, it certainly yeah, is I mean, a horror based, you know, theme. The, the horror of being in the water and attacked and being killed by something that you had no control or right. Yeah, to... just stay out the water, though. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. sure, that, yeah, that's the easiest way. But yeah, because... I can definitely see it being a multiple genre movie. It, it really is. I feel there you get hints of horror through the first part of the movie up until the point where we get on the orca. But I feel it's more of a, I agree with you, it's a suspense thriller, kind of a drama in a way. Mm-hmm. But once we get on the orca, I feel, I feel it goes horror. It goes straight you. up horror. And that's the thing. You know, I mean, I, I guess I'm a person who, I guess, just don't mess with nature. <laughs> so 
if, you know, if something's out there, just don't bother it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just don't be out in the water. I guess this t- I know this town thrives on that stuff, and they right. have to do it and everything. Right. Which sucks for them, you know. Right. <laughs> now they got a 25-footer <laughs> that they got to deal with. But, you know, I mean, I say just don't mess with nature and let it be, you know. Don't start no shit. Right. You know, no shit. Right. <laughs> You're in his water. You know, if, if, if we weren't in there messing around in the water. Exactly. It's like people eating. going to Camp Crystal Lake after exactly. the legend of Jason Voorhees. Exactly. And they're telling exactly. the story around a campfire. <laughs> you know some shit's going to go bad. You're asking right. for it. Yeah. Just don't go. Stay out of that realm. <laughs> just the Alex Kittner scene is just—it it is terrifying stuff, and you get that amazing vertigo scene of mm-hmm. Brody, and it—you see the the boy, and you hear the the gargling and the thrashing and the blood spewing up awesome. and everything. Have you? I'm curious. Uh, did you guys know that this scene was actually intended to be way more graphic? Like you, would, oh. you actually would see the shark grabbing him. There's actually some the behind the scenes footage, uh, photos of where you see I, what I believe to be an, a dummy Alex Kittner on a raft. in the body or, yeah. or all just okay. on the raft, and the sh- and Bruce is there. Like it's 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 a really offsetting. It's a creepy picture. Like it's I, I whenever we uh, we release this, I'll make sure I'll put this on the uh, Facebook page for those of you that haven't seen it because it is kind of an uncommon picture. Okay. But I've seen it quite a few times, and every time I see it, I just uh, it, it's just I don't know. It's off putting. That's cool, and it's in black and white too. Okay. So yeah, that scene is really cool and effective, and it's brutal. Yeah, it is brutal as is, and you don't see the shark. Yep, which uh, you know adds to the suspense of it all. Absolutely. You really just don't know what you're dealing with at that point. Yep, it's that less is more, yeah. and letting the imagination yep. tell the story, and usually yep. the imagination will take you down a darker road than what any director or you know screenwriter can. Unfortunately, unfortunately they don't make movies like that anymore, you know, right. which kind of sucks. But You can kind of tell this movie had a bit of a, a, a classic, more of an old school approach to filming versus how we have movies today. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, since everything is practical, you know, that... That adds to it. Adds the element. Sure. Bruce wasn't CGI. No, nobody. No, oh, it was man. real. <laughs> they released a photo to Time Magazine of the uh, wrong side of him. I guess it really pissed Steven Spielberg. Oh off. yeah, the the, the, At, the well because it ruins yeah. the uh, effects of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why less is more. Yeah. But did you know? Several decades after the release of Jaws, Lee Fierro, who was uh, Mrs. Kittner. She walked into a seafood restaurant, and I don't know where this was, but she noticed that the menu had an Alex Kittner sandwich. And she commented that she played, <laughs> you know, the mother in the movie Jaws, you know, however many years that it was previous. And uh, I guess the owner ran out, to, you know, to see this woman. Turns out the owner of this restaurant is Jeffrey Voorhees, who played Alex Kittner. Oh wow! Nice. How crazy is that? Like wow! And it was okay. the first time they'd seen each other for years, and I guess it was a pretty cool reunion there. Like, yeah, but get a free sandwich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eat me, mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which I think every kid probably said to their parent at some point. You know, unreal, unreal. <laughs> so I want to talk about the uh, 
we get to the town meeting that they, you know, put together and everybody's in there and trying to figure out what we're going to do about this, uh, this predator we have. And we're introduced to the iconic <laughs> mutton chops of Sam Quint. <laughs> Screeching them fingernails down that chalkboard, boy. I'm going to tell you, that what an intro. He was letting them know. He did. Another he said, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. And that is where we get the epic, the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. He's not one to fuck with, is basically the Pretty speech. Pretty much. You can tell, like, this is, he is no nonsense. Right. He's like, I don't want no mates. I, I want, I'm going by myself. This whole island's full of captains. He, you know, I mean, he's just, this is how it is. And he says, Annie up or <laughs> be on welfare for the rest of winter. Yeah. There it is, boys. Yeah. You're going fishing. You're yeah, going to give me 10 man. grand instead of three. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's chomping on that cracker. and everything. Yeah. yeah, dude. He, oh, man. Robert Shaw was just amazing in he this. Nailed it. Amazing in this. I'm curious. Between the three, between Hooper, Quint, and Brody, who did you like the most? Who did you identify with the most? Or did you? Oh, I like Quint. Yeah, the most. Quint's, Quint's going to be number one for me. Really? I think Hooper's I, second because he's just. Yeah, fun. I agree. I am down with. I that's my lineup as well. Brody's last mm-hmm. man. I'm not. A, I mean, I Roy Scheider is. He's he's a good actor and everything. Yeah, I like. He him, played but, his I mean, part right. He played part right, but man, I. As far as likable dudes, you want to drink a beer with? I mean, uh, yeah, I'd rather Quint drink Hooper. Quint. I think I'd I'd rather he's drink a, a beer with Sheriff Brody and Jaws too. He seems yeah, a little well, more fun. Yeah, I just for me growing up, I wanted to be Hooper because his yeah. name was Matt, yeah, right. and I had an extreme fascination with shark with sharks after this movie. And whenever I got the chance to do a research report or whatever, some kind of a paper or anything, I want to do it on sharks. So, as a kid, I would say Hooper, Brody, Quint. Now, Quint, Hooper, Brody. Oh, so we all got three. All right. Got the same lineup. Huh. I, I as a, as a, the older I get, I identify with Quint. Yeah, his, me too. You know, Quint's, no Quint's a man who's been out at attitude. sea for a little too long. Right. Uh, Good he's, on you, mate. He's, his cheese, his cheese has slid off his cracker hair. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh yes. Quentin uh, Hooper didn't get along too good off off uh, camera. Yeah, that was did. genuine. Well, they're a yin and yang kind of composite, but you know, you find out eventually. You know, they have a lot more in common. Than, there, there was a mutual you know. respect there. Right. Oh yeah, there really was. And and I, and I think it's noted also that a lot of people know that you know Robert Shaw had a uh, he had a drinking problem. Sure, right. and he didn't think it was a problem. Well, no. <laughs> typically, that's the way it works. <laughs> that is typically the way it works. You know, but. Uh, well, I admit, I've got a drinking problem. <laughs> I had that CD. Yeah. David Ball. She's always on my mind. We get Charlie and Mr. Denherder and his wife's holiday roast in this scene. <laughs> it made for really good drama. It was a tense scene, but I guess, I don't know, I guess roast makes for good bait, apparently. I mean, it worked. But when... I can't remember if it was Charlie. Yeah, it was Charlie that fell in after yeah. the, the, the pier broke. 
when he's swimming and, you know, his buddy's like, just keep swimming, Charlie. Don't look back. Trust me or I promise you or whatever. You know, and you see that dock turn. Yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, man. I mean, I remember the first time I saw that scene. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's he's done. He's done. But as an adult and kind of realizing just how, you know, things work, the he, shark would have already been. Right. He had been up on the beach. <laughs> Pretty close, <laughs> right? He's but it behind made... it, you know. He's right. pushing it and stuff. Now, yeah. Well, I guess yeah, he could have been he, pushing it. He was pushing. That's the only. It's the only feasible way. Okay. What was he doing? You know, dragging it. You know, he couldn't. He couldn't have been dragging it. He could have, if he just still had a hold of the roast and the chain didn't break. Yeah, I think he circled back around, sort of pushing it. Okay. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, all did. I'm saying is it made for a very good, tense yeah. scene yeah, yeah, yeah. where I, I feel like very cleverly they intertwine humor in that, and it wasn't, it didn't ruin it. No. I thought it was a really good scene, but yeah, as far as the way, just yeah, there's some logistic pro- logistics problem with that. Logistic problems? Logistics problem. I'm having some logistics problems right yeah. now. <laughs> it's been a long day, but. Speaking of long day, it is uh, the eve of the release of this movie when we're recording this. Oh, it is. Yes, yeah, okay. July twentieth, nineteen seventy-five. Nice. Ju- yeah, June, June twentieth. June, July. Yeah. Sorry to ruin the June twentieth. We are <laughs> releasing on July fourth, but we are recording on the eve yes. of the release. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! There you go. <laughs> Yeah, but like what kind of talked about with, you know, the characters and everything. As a kid, and he was kind of treated like he was a nerd, and he was to an extent. I really liked Hooper. I thought yeah. Richard Dreyfus played him extremely well. Um, he was smart. He he was witty. He had some good comebacks, you know, like when he first gets there and he's trying to figure out. And, you know, he's like, anybody tell me where there's a nice motel? He's like, yeah, walks forward. He's like, oh, they're all going to die. You know, it's hilarious. I love that. And that's Just who that. he is in real life, you know. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. with When you watch a movie with an actor that good, at this, uh, you know that's them in real life. Turned up maybe a couple notches, but that's them. Sure. And that's him. When Hooper goes in and he does the exam of what is left of Chrissy Watkins, I... I I've always just been the, his reaction when the uh, the coroner sets down the tray, basically, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> like I, I love that reaction." But there's and it's a really good scene. You get a good, you know, uh, monologue from Richard Dreyfus when he's doing his examination. But there's a weird edit where he starts to pick up her arm, and then he just says. And this is what happens. And then it just goes right into something else. It's really weird. It's mm-hmm. something that they had to edit out for the uh, for rating systems and everything. For rating. They made them cut, cut something. That happens more than we realize. Yeah. Okay, I hear you on that. Then why have any audio there? Just show the arm and it's just him like in shock of like, oh my gosh, like this is this is horrible. Oh my gosh. I don't know. It's just it was a weird. Edit. He did he did well on the scene though. Um, yes, you can tell he's very upset. You know, he's pissed off. Yeah, he knows his <laughs> he knows his stuff. He really does. He realizes this isn't a boating accident. People are trying to 
cover his shit up. And... It indicates the non-frenzied feeding of a large squalus, possibly Anjumanus or Asurus glaucus. Now, the enormous amount of tissue loss prevents any detailed analysis. However, the attacking squalus must be considerably larger than any normal squalus found in these waters. Didn't you get on a boat and check out these waters? No. Well, this is not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller. It wasn't any coral reef. And it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. But going back to uh, Lee Fierro's character of Mrs. Kittner, when I lived in Texas, I had a teacher that kind of looked like her. And I always had this fear of being slapped in the face by her. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I was a kid. I was a kid. You know, yeah. when we find out in that scene where, uh, you know, Mrs. Kittner slaps Sheriff Brody, that was a numerous take. <laughs> I can't remember the exact amount of times they they did that, but uh, it was, I guess, uh side of his face was pretty tender when it was all said and done. But, yeah, as a kid, I had this, like, oh, I don't want to get slapped by her, you know? If I was the slapper and not the slappy... Uh... I don't know. I, I think I'd have a good day that day. <laughs> Great stress reliever. <laughs> exactly. It'd be fantastic. I'd love to have that role. <laughs> Just go up there and slap the shit out of this person. Take. Go. Cut. Do it again. Yep. <laughs> You're like, yes. Awesome. We got oh, some inside we, into Lord's uh, Ketchum's quirks today. Yeah. I don't know. I think All that'd right. be fun. Wrong with it. Smack you around a little bit. Explore the space. Explore the space, he says. I really love the scene where we have young Sean imitating Martin at the dinner table. Uh, I don't know. That That's a really endearing scene, to me at least. Even as a kid, I recognized like, there was something special about that. And I'd be lying to you if I said that as a kid, I wanted to experience something like that in my future self as a father. And I don't always get the imitation because I have girls, mm. but where I still make goofy faces at them and, you know, mess around with them. And I use the line, give us a kiss. You know, they were like, why? Because I need it. Because <laughs> there's just sometimes. Damn it, I need you, it. You do. Seriously. Yeah. You really do. You just, I need a hug. I need a kiss. I really do. And I don't know. I th that scene to me, I don't know. It's a really touching scene. It's a, it's an interesting little scene that's followed up by a really good scene with Hooper and Brody. And I don't, I, I don't know. That always stood out to me, for whatever reason. To our sensitive viewers, now's the time to break out your tissues. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. This, this segment so was brought to you in part by <laughs> Kleenex. <laughs> when you're all welling up. Kleenex is the way to go. <laughs> no, but... Hoorah. But no, I, I really like that scene. And uh, it, we followed up with the uh, examination of the... We're going to do a half-ass autopsy on the fish. And... Well, pour some milk out of it. Yeah, that was just like... <laughs> I don't know, that was so... Uh, like, oh, what? What is that? You know? Why didn't Hooper change his clothes? Are we talking about the fish that they hung up to... Yes, the, the tiger shark. The one they got from Sarasota, Florida? Yeah, that was actually <laughs> really mean, stinking up the dock. Yeah, I don't know if you guys 
could tell, but I could tell that that was a Sarasota, Florida tiger shark, and not, uh, you know, an Amity. Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard shark. Martha's Martha's shark. Yeah. yeah, I could tell. I could tell at five years old. He was a touristy hey. shark. Yeah. That didn't right. work for They me. just wanted an answer. That's all they were looking for. You know? Just so, enough. Yeah. yeah. Just enough. Something to go on. I was right. immediately, before I seen behind the scenes of this movie or anything, I'll bet you some good old boys from Sarasota, Florida caught that shark, and they had it probably driven clear to Martha's Vineyard to film that <laughs> because no way any airline was going to take that shark <laughs> right. on their plane to fly from Sarasota. That's odd cargo. Yeah, yeah, I thought this all out before, and then I seen the behind the scenes, and I was like, I was dead right about that. That's why you're the king. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> they don't vote me in. I make myself. I just king. say, I am it, the king. This is the way it is. Yep. Get in or get out. <laughs> you know, no. But uh, yeah, I really like the Brody. You could tell, like, he did a little bit of homework on you know with sharks. You know, when Hooper came over and. Um, I don't know, I was kind of impressed by that. And then I that's something I always admired about Sheriff Brody was you know, if it's something he's not familiar with, you could tell like he's gonna he's gonna do some research and I kinda mm-hmm. I can relate to that, especially he, here with the podcast. Yes. You know. <laughs> maybe too much at some times. But he did his homework. Right. But yeah. Robert Duvall actually had a little hand in this movie. And I guess Spielberg revealed in a biography that Robert Duvall encouraged him to make this movie. And uh, Does Robert Duvall have little hands? Have what? Little hands. You said he had a little hand in this movie. Oh. oh God. Tiny hands. <laughs> Weird. No. No, he, yeah. he, he had a part ah. in this, uh, getting this movie made, I guess you could say. Now I understand. And then Spielberg, in turn, offered him the role of Brody, but he turned him down because... He he thought it would make him too famous. Okay, but uh, <laughs> Duvall actually wanted to play Quint, but he Spielberg told him he's like you're you're not old enough. Yeah, but that uh, was rugged either. Oh man, Duvall as Quint, that would have been pretty good too. What about old Duvall, old Duvall as Quint? Yes, sure. Young Duvall as Quint? Uh, no. Okay. Well, okay. What about Young Duvall as Brody? Fair. Yeah, all right. I think I could do work. that. I, I think can see both work. of them. Actually. I can, I can see both of them. So, since we're on this topic, I want to talk about some other actors that were considered for the roles of Quint and Brody and Hooper. Lee Marvin was Spielberg's first choice, and I totally see what he was going Marvin, for because yeah. he's got that rugged, kind of that old man in the sea look anyways. Yeah. Totally see that, but he turned him down. Uh, Sterling Hayden was also considered. Marlon Brando, wasn't he? For something? I think that was... I, I don't know. I feel like that one might have been a, a, a little bit shot. of a stretch. Okay. Maybe on like a wish list, I guess. Right, yeah. But Oliver Reed, Robert Mitchum turned him down. Hmm. Uh, Charlton Heston was considered for the role of Chief Brody, but he did he didn't get it. Uh, Gene Hackman was also, which for I Brody? thought, Ooh, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, that one could, fascinating. All right. I could have that one really that. Uh, thought was interesting for uh, the role of Hooper, Jeff Bridges. Timothy Bottoms, John Voight, Jan Michael Vincent. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Klein was actually offered the role, and he said that he actually knew somebody that was an oceanographer, and Spielberg, I guess, supposedly told him, he's like, well, I don't want someone that knows somebody that's an oceanographer. I want somebody that's an oceanographer. We got it right with Richard Dreyfuss. I, I have to agree. Yeah, I can yeah. see Jeff Bridges doing it, though. I <laughs> can see Kevin Klein doing it. 
Jeff Bridges and King Kong, you know, that, that was a good good movie. That's right, right around the same time. Yeah, it was time late 70s. This, so yeah. I could see him portraying Hooper pretty well. And uh, apparently Dustin Hoffman was offered a role, not specifically who, but it's assumed that it was for Hooper. thought that was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. too. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of big name, and not necessarily at the time, right. but, you know, would-be big-time actors that uh, were considered for these roles. So, And I guess Charlton Heston was, like, pissed that he, he didn't he, get he it. And get I, I guess well. he wrote a nasty letter to Steven Spielberg about it or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he made it known that he was not pleased about this and that he would not ever accept the role from a Spielberg movie. Yeah, he... <laughs> Yeah, all right. Yeah. Ah, to each his own, I guess. Right. <laughs> loss. Right. Yeah, but I, I will say, I mean, it's hard to go against Scheider, Shaw, and Dreyfus. I mean, it really is, just knowing what we I, get. I think Shaw and, and Dreyfus especially, but... I Yeah, I could see Scheider getting... Uh, I, can, I, hear I, can put, I could put people in his place and think maybe they could have done better with them. But I agree with you. Not the it other pains two. me to say that, but I agree with you. Because I could see Robert Duvall doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gene Hackman doing Gene it. Gene intrigues the hell out of me on that. You know? Yeah. But I, I agree with you on that. I, I Yeah, I'm on board with that. Bruce, the shark, who was actually named after Spielberg's lawyer. And I couldn't see anybody else doing that role better, <clears throat> by the way. Before we get into that, Bruce... Oh, oh yeah, absolutely yeah. played yeah. to perfection. I mean, <laughs> he, he was a bit of a diva. He he well, he only worked when he wanted to. But when he Hollywood, did, baby. But when he did, man, he was on. He was on. All how three, he all three minutes of him. Four. Oh, okay. <laughs> how he didn't get a nomination from the Academy on this, I don't know. But he. Bruce the Shark was actually ranked the 18th greatest villain on AFI's list of 100 heroes and villains, and was voted. This was voted the sixth scariest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. Ahead of what? I don't know. I'm sorry, they're, I couldn't sixth, help but ask. Yeah, they're sixth scariest of all time. <laughs> I mean, what are we reviewing? Are we reviewing like <laughs> one through five and yeah, not Jaws? Yeah. I'm, I'm just asking for some facts here. You, you intrigued me by. Pointing that out, so I'm like, "What's ahead of it?" Then? Do I need? Do I need what to? Possible like, villains could be better than this. You know? Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> easily number Absolutely. one. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Van Damme and No Re- uh, was it No Retreat, No Surrender? Huh? Maybe. <laughs> do you even know what I'm talking Maybe about? Maybe seven. Okay. Maybe just a notch under. Okay. <laughs> But no, I thought that was pretty interesting. That basically, an uh, inanimate object was sure. Yeah, it's pretty uh, recognized. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. But, yeah, the uh, footage that they used of the shark when when the shark was on film was excellent. It worked. Um, yeah, yeah it, was, it played out really well. Well, and, and the thing was at that time, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of familiarity with you know we didn't have Shark Week back in '75. Right. You know where we're able to see, you know. Live, you know, not live, but you know, actual underwater footage of great white sharks and other sharks and what their mannerisms, how they move, and everything. Yeah. Obviously, now looking at it, you know, forty plus years later, yeah, you can tell. Like, I eh. think it still holds up. Though, no, man. it does. I mean, it does, but you can definitely tell. Like, yeah, they Hollywooded it just a little bit. I think my first uh, impression on the shark being fake was from Back to the Future Two, 
when the holographic shark yeah. comes out at I love Marty that. McFly, the Jaws like 19. Jaws 15 yes. or some shit. Still looks like, fake. Yeah, he's like, still looks fake. And I was like, what? Is there a you know, fan theory that the shark looks fake in Jaws? <laughs> and that's when I first took a look at it. Like, oh, okay, all right. I will say, I think that is my favorite Jaws reference in another movie, though. That's cool that you yeah, brought it up. It's, it's a, a good... cool reference. Uh, mine is from Clerks. What okay. did they do in Clerks? When Randall right? is... Uh, he's going, did it salsa shark? We're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Good one. He's a he's like salsa shark, our shark, and he throws it and shit. And he's talking. He's pissed off at Dante. Anyway, we're getting past him. Yeah, yeah clerks. That's, right. that's that's mine. Cool. That's a good one. Nice. But we already kind of talked about the uh, the tension, uh, real tension between uh, Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw. But uh, their on screen their on screen chemistry is amazing. I mean, you you see why it look it's authentic. You think it is authentic because it pretty much was. Mm-hmm. And I've always been drawn into that aspect of the movie because I, I I love this whole movie. But from the from the point we get on the orca, that is the meat and potatoes of this for me. Mm-hmm. That is it the is. main course. No pun intended. I don't know, actually pun intended. But <laughs> but yeah, we already talked about a little bit the uh, the Ben Gardner boat scene with Brody and Hooper. That scene was probably the scene that affected me the most as a kid. As far as like a jump scare, it was just perfectly timed. It was like a holy shit moment. You know, you just get Hooper down there. He's looking at the shark tooth and. You kind of get the ominous John Williams score kind of going, and then bam, you're hit with the stinger, and there's Ben Gardner's head and missing an eye, and you're just like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I that I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Was that an effective yes. scene? Because I guess it's famously known that this was a this was a reshoot. This was something they added in because Spielberg saw the reaction he got out of the we're going to need a bigger boat scene and he wanted one more and he got a, he even admits that he got greedy on it right you know I, you can, I can kind of see it as an add-in uh, I can see well and I can see yeah. it was actually filmed in uh, the, the way ed- it's th- that the film's edited and everything I can see it as, as a late ad sure. if you hadn't have told me I wouldn't have caught it but yeah after knowing that yeah but the underwater scenes, if I'm not mistaken, were actually filmed in the editor, Verna Fields, who actually won the right. Academy Award for this in 76. Uh, it was filmed in her pool. And yeah. they, they poured gallons well, you of can milk tell in there in the to background. kind of cloud the water. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can tell. tell in the background it's definitely not on the ocean or anything like right. that. It's, it's too still. Um, yeah. Yeah. But... It's it's a really creepy scene. You get the the underwater lights around the boat, and yeah. it, another great iconic scene in this movie. And for me, as a kid, it totally worked. Super effective. Uh, Adrian, she still talks about it. She's like, she's like that Ben Gardner boat scene. She's like, it gets me every time, Dad. I'm like, <laughs> I hear you. It's a good yeah. one. But I don't know. I'm curious. Do you think he got greedy or thumbs up? Okay. Okay. Because I'm on that I'm on that same line of thought too. So the killer shark arcade game that we get, the close up yeah, there right yeah. before we're at the beach. I and love to we, play that game. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly I, I wanted I to, play to play that. Play that game. Now looking at it, like man, I bet you this was a shitter of a game. But 
I absolutely wanted to play that game, and I never seen it anywhere. I've never. I don't know. Did you ever come across it? I know that they've made video games specifically for movies. Sure. So that could be what we're dealing with here, but that'd be that would be a really cool game. And Back to the Future Two shows the Nintendo video game of Jaws, right? In the eighties, right? Nostalgia. What's behind it? Uh, Jaws Two VHS tape, man. Nice, the king coming in. Come on, man. Nice. I love it. My glove. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. We we also get Peter Benchley, who is the author of the novel Jaws, is the uh, news reporter in a cameo. Everybody sure does change their minds real quick about getting in the water because, like, nobody is getting in the water. Everybody's just on the sand, you know. But after Mayor Vaughn goes to his buddy and basically tells him to, hey, get in, and him and his wife they take their grandkids and I don't know that's a that's in the that's a really unnerving scene that he actually I told did that him to piss off man fuck off dude yeah. there's no way no doubt absolutely especially with your family I mean exactly <laughs> I'm not bringing those kids in the water are you yeah. kidding me and he grabs them like <laughs> his wife and him are just you know just dreading this approach to the water and everything. Oh, you can tell. They're the kids are scared all interlocked hands and everything. They're all, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. You get one of the, you get one of the many uh, shots that Steven Spielberg uh, took where you're right at the water level and that was something he did intentional, which was part uh, because of the shark didn't work a lot of the time, but he wanted the viewers to feel like they were treading water. That's super effective, and it yeah. really works. Really works. I, I think you you got to see the budding genius of Steven Spielberg yeah. in this movie. Yeah. You know, without a doubt. But I mean, and this here we go. We are legally obligated to say this. This movie does have its flaws, and it's not perfect. No, Absolutely. it is. What are you talking about? But this movie is legendary. Okay, and. Uh, it's not even my favorite movie, but I can say it's it's not far from a perfect movie. I hear you. It's just maybe you know not my perfect movie, but it, <laughs> in my mind, I get it. It's it's a perfect. It's near a perfect movie, right? Okay, you can get. So, Especially for seventy five. I mean, shit. Oh yeah, you didn't see anything like this until this. That's where I think it wins. Is just the fact that it was when the first. it released, it was. You know, one of the best things going. Yeah. In cinema, period. Right. And we don't appreciate that because we weren't there when it happened. Right. And I, and it's one of those things from from what you gather, you couldn't get away from it. Yeah. It even had a re-release in '79. It was maybe the Blair Witch of, of their time. That's a that's a fair compare, dude. Are you serious? Yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. couldn't get away from that movie in '99, yeah, yeah. 2000. You yeah. really couldn't. It was. It was the thing. Jaws is bigger than Blair Witch. Though. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. I, I agree. agree. But I, I think that's the closest thing we have to compare it to, exactly. right? That's what I'm, I, I that's think what you're, I'm I, I agree with you, King. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with you on that. That's a good point. But going back to the at-the-water-level shots where you kind of get... You see the people up above the water. You hear the, the kids playing and laughing, carrying on. But you kind of get submerged underwater, and it gets muffled. And then you're, you're back out again, and they get muffled again. Yeah. That is, I'm telling you, that is an effective thing because if you've ever gone it swimming, puts you in it. It puts yeah, you absolutely. Because like if you've ever been swimming, and I think most everybody has, you experience that, yeah. 
And again, that's one of those things that you're able to easily identify with and relate with that I think added to my my phobia as a Not child. Not in a pool, but I mean, in, yeah, in the in open pool, ocean, yes. All right, all right. Even in a pool. All right. What with, were you, seven? Yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> He's colorblind. Right. He's still scared. Right. <laughs> well, Don't you know? Especially at night I in guess. the swimming pool. <laughs> Gray and blue do mix pretty well if you're colorblind, and that's what we're looking at here. But uh, we get the greatest prank ever with a cardboard fin, which I, if it was cardboard, I think I think it would have been all waterlogged and mushy unless they, I don't know, they coated it with wax. It sounds quick. Well, there it you had, go. But, it had Clark Griswold's laxative on it. <laughs> oh, Not laxative. What is it, lacquer? It's lacquer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> but, uh... When everybody's panicking, we get a close-up of a, of a man right there at the water, and every time, I, that's John Ritter. He looks just like John Ritter. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. Like, we see the fin come, and we get a close-up of a woman's face, and she's like, oh, my God. And then it goes to a guy's face. Oh, yeah, and, and he turns around and... Yes. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It goes to John no. Ritter. I don't well, know. Well, to me, it looks like it's John. It always reminded me of John Ritter. Three's Company, John Ritter? Or yeah. Probably yeah, John have to, yeah, because okay. he had like kind of like shaggy-ish hair. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I don't see that. Okay. But, no, that's you. That's you, Mayor. It is me. Okay. <laughs> we'll allow it. <laughs> but in that scene, man, people are assholes, man. I mean, we get a guy that just straight up knocks a kid off a wrath and takes it. Well, we got that, old that people getting trampled. You know Absolutely, I mean, I mean but just, I'm just, a, you know, I don't know. I guess I just have a little more hope for humanity than that. I guess that, like, I think we would have tried to be a little more civilized in a you'd be surprised. In a panic. Well, I, I, probably not. I, but I, I guess that's just the hopeful thinking. I guess on my part, but yeah, I just that's something. That was another scene that was. Man, that's just this is how we are. Like, who's who's the real, you know, who, who's the real bad guy here? I guess in a way, I don't know. It, Bruce. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but he's definitely the bad guy. Intentionally, yeah, <laughs> yes. But we get our first look of Bruce legitimately when he is attacking the man who is credited as the estuary victim, who is trying to help the boys in the boat. That is some chilling stuff. You know, and we get the, which still to this day, I think it holds up. I know it's fake as hell, but we get the leg yes, floating to the bottom and then mm. hitting the floor. And you see it like, oh man, great scene. Heck yeah. You know, and you see the shark come up on him when he's trying to, you know, climb up onto the underside of the boat. Man, that is nightmare fuel, man. Yeah. Nightmare fuel. But... I really thought Brody held his shit together pretty well talking to Mayor Vaughn at the hospital when he's basically saying, like, hey, you're going to sign this contract get Quint to go hunt this shark, you know. I don't know, because I, I really feel like if, if I was uh, Brody, I, I think Mayor Vaughn would have been a patient there pretty quick, and I would have been out of a job, you know, because yeah. you tried telling him, but he didn't want to listen, Yeah, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I I have a lot of respect for for Martin Brody. He is a stoic man. He is a man of virtue. He has his beliefs. And I don't know. There's just there's something about him that you just I don't, for at least for me 
that I can't help to not respect. He's just a guy who's just trying to do good, and uh, you know he's got people down breathing down his neck, telling him you know this is how it needs to you know play out and shit, and he knows it's against his his better judgment and everything, and it ca- it catches him you right know, once you know. But yeah, from that point on, you know, I mean, it costs him a kid's life, but uh, from there on. Right. He, he was That's all. Just a kid's life. Yeah, just a kid's life. Just Alex Kittner. <laughs> when Brody and Hooper go to Quint's headquarters, I guess you could say, I, I always found his request of apricot brandy humorous to me. <laughs> you know, when we get the... Because he's making his own kind of hooch, we gather, and it's pretty pretty potent from what, I, from what you gather from... Oh, sure. From Brody, and he even tells Hooper, like, don't drink that. <laughs> but we get the, here's the swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> Quint is so charismatic yeah. in this movie, and he is, he commands presence when he is oh. on screen. And um, I, that that's just a taste of things to come, because you're not even to the greatest, what I feel, in my personal opinion, is the greatest monologue in cinematic history with the it's USS Indianapolis speech. Yeah. For me, at least. But, uh, you know, he just has, like, you know, when he's talking about, you know, Hooper and all of his, like, equipment, he goes, like, what are you, some kind of half-ass astronaut? And just, he's so, <laughs> I don't know, he, he's so over the top that, you know, his rantings and his singing, I, I, I enjoy Old, it. old school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Salty dog, man. Yeah. He, he is, yes, he is absolutely old school. But... He sells it as a, an old sea dog, I mean. He really does. Yeah. He really does. Well, it's because, yeah, yeah. He lived it. <laughs> but movies that finish up with a singular location where our main characters are isolated or they're kind of trapped, I I gravitate towards movies like that. And this movie is no different. And uh, that's that's a theme in movies that I have found that I really go for is that theme of isolation. It works for me. Where you're just cut off and you have something you've got to deal with. There's no way around it. You have to do this. And there's no turning back. Right. And I think that's one thing that Spielberg got right from the book, where in the book, every night, they went back home, whereas they stayed out. I feel like that that raised the stakes, that upped the ante. You know, it made it more intense. But uh, the boat that they go out on is called the Orca. Originally, it was called the Warlock. Hmm. But the Orca is the actual natural enemy of Great White. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, it's basically the Orca versus Bruce. Quinn hates sharks. Yes, he does. (laughs) We find out very. We find out. Does he ever hate sharks? (laughs) Yes, he does. Four years later, consequently, a movie was made called Orca that uh, yeah, possibly, a, in some viewers' minds, might have outdone the It rivals the Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, mm, I think so. Wow, like, that's, I, a, that's I a... I think that's very fair, and I think you'll find plenty of people that have seen that movie that agree. Okay, well, chime in, listeners. Tell us what you think. Do you Are you familiar with the movie Orca? Have you seen it, and where does it rank against Jaws? If you haven't seen it and you like Jaws, I strongly recommend watching it. I absolutely agree with you on that. It is a it is a fun movie. It has a really cool open, 
and Richard Harris, who plays our main character, who is kind of like our Quint slash mm-hmm. Captain Ahab. Really good character. Mm-hmm. Really good character. Yep, I agree with you. I recommend that movie as well. But uh, the scene where Quint is trying to reel in what he believes to be the shark is another great scene of terror and tension. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. Do you think Quint really had the shark, or do you think Hooper was right and it was like a marlin, stingray, or some kind of game fish? What do you think, Lord? I think he, he had it right. I think it was he had shark. the shark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Same. Shark. Yeah. I do too. As a kid, I believed Hooper. I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, I I think Quint had him. As smart as Hooper is, and important as he is to the story and what he adds to it, this is one of those times where I feel like Quint was right. I have to ask you guys, is You're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat the greatest ad-lib line ever? Because it was. That was Roy Scheider all on his own. That wasn't scripted. What do you think on that, King? It worked. (laughs) Is it the best? It was effective. Um, Yeah, it was effective. I don't know. You could go for days with what was the best line in a movie. Okay. Ad-libbed. Ad-libbed. I mean, yeah. it's up there. Great. I mean, it was... It's, it was, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's iconically comedic. top ten line of all time on a on a movie. I sure. I, I could say it's... I, I think it's five. I think it's in the top five. Okay, you know a could line be. that came from this that I wasn't aware of? I don't know how I missed this, but uh, the it's some bad hat Harry. Oh, that's some says, bad hat that's Harry. That's some bad hat Harry. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, Oh, uh, what's his name? It's his uh, production company. Yeah. I, I watched House for years, and it ends every episode with that little cartoon <laughs> guy on the beach. That's some bad hat, Harry. And I had no idea it was this movie until hmm. rewatch. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's, that scene is uh, very intense. Not that it's a greatest line in movie history. It's just that right. it caught me off guard. Yep. Felt it was worth mentioning. Absolutely. But yeah, you, you you'd be shitting your drawers if you're just feeding the chum and uh all of a sudden you see a just giant mammoth of a of a great white. I love how you <sighs> worded that because I was I had on here in my notes. The first time you ever saw this, how close did you come to shitting your pants? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. One of the first jump scares. Whoa. <laughs> well, before Ben Gardner's boat, but Yes. Yeah. It's the first realization of how truly big their foe is, you know? Sure. It's like the, the great reveal. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. For me, the Ben Gardner scene is the scary, this right scary scene. For me, yeah. this was like the, oh, wow, yes, we get the shark. There he is. You know, like, I'm excited. Business is picking up. Yes. Yes. And it, I that got me chomping at the bit. But the scene where we only see, like, when we're kind of scurrying around on the orca and we, we only see feet shimmying along the side yeah. of the boat and we get, like, one of the one of the feet kind of slip off. Yeah. That's Martin's shoe That's that, that does that. I don't know what it is about that scene, but, like, I'm like, whoa, 
Like, I, I kind of tense up, like, dude, like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you not, like, a little more careful right now? Do you not know what's out there? I don't know. That's a so subtle thing that, like, I, I don't know. But it was a fe- that's another really effective scene for me that impacted me. Hmm. Where I could easily see where other people just, it's just something you see on the screen. But I don't know. There's something about it that I was able to connect with where I, it, it made me kind of pucker up a little bit you know i guess i've never been on boats i guess not as often as you guys have i've never really been on the side of a boat while it's moving or anything like that yeah so i don't know how how it feels or anything does it get pretty intense on waters it it mean it can i mean it just depends upon the weather yeah Hmm. i don't i I've never done it. I've been on a few boats. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't really. I mean, it looked like for the most part they were on fairly smooth seas. Yeah, that's what know? I took from the movie. I mean, it wasn't really right. like crazy ass weather. Right, but with. that also, I mean, that's because you know, I mean, imagine trying to film that. So, oh yeah, which never, led to why this movie was way overdue. Right. I've never been out on a boat on the open ocean. I mean, that's, oh, you never that's have? a different different take there. No, right. I mean. I mean, I have, but it's been on, a, you know, a U.S. Navy vessel. It's not been on right. a, a boat like the Orca small, you know, ship well, like that. That's open ocean, though. I mean, right. right. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you. In a boat like that, I mean, if you get in some choppy seas, I mean, you're going to get tossed around. Oh, yeah, for Big sure. time in something that small. So, <laughs> but uh, we're going into what I feel is, I, I this might be my favorite scene in the movie. And it is the famous... Uh, inside scene from inside the cabin of the orca at night after dinner with our three shark hunters and we get the infamous USS Indianapolis speech which like I've already said in my opinion is the greatest monologue we have ever got to see on the silver screen yeah what is there and I know we can make an argument and I know that there are there are plenty legitimate and very worthy other, you know, movies where we have monologues that are epic. Where do you guys rank this? I mean, it's it's a cool scene. I mean, I... I it's definitely my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Okay. It's not my favorite scene of the movie. I, I think it is. But it is, it is great. <laughs> I mean, I... Have you ever talked to, like, just, like, an old war veteran and stuff? He... I mean, yeah, when you're I, drinking and everything, it's a fun moment. It is a cool moment, and um, you know, I've, I've kind of lived that moment, you know, a few times, yeah. and you, know, you kind of get lost in the conversation and everything. It is, it is really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, Robert Shaw, he delivered a very impactful uh, scene right there. I mean, I it's, think it's right a good there, story too. I think right there, how was he not nominated for an Oscar? You know, but. Suspense movies and stuff, man. But I guess they famously, we've already talked about Shaw's drinking, and I guess they filmed this the first time where he had been drinking, and I guess it was just, it was a disaster. Mm. And he embarrassed himself, and he was really ashamed and everything. Next day, filmed it, stone cold sober. What we see on the screen is what happened. (laughs) Stone cold sober? Stone cold sober. Good. Yeah, I heard there was like rumors where it was intertwined, where both were cut together. Hmm. 
I, I don't know how true that is. So I don't know. Maybe 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 there is truth to that. Maybe it is a little bit of both. Maybe it is just we get a straight up stone cold sober Robert Shaw through <laughs> that sequence. But there are some edits where I could see where possibly there's some validity too sure. that maybe it's intertwined. We get some of the both. We get some of drunk well, Shaw and sober Shaw. Mm-hmm. I don't he, know. He acts drunk the entire time, so kind of. He acts like he's so. <laughs> been you know sipping on the sauce, right? <laughs> already. So there's yeah. never a moment that I'm taken out of that scene though, and I think to myself, is this you know a different cut from a different day? So right. I got. Doesn't you. Doesn't really matter. It. Yeah, I mean, it looks all like one cut, one continuous shot to me. You yeah. Know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's an awesome yeah. scene. And I'll tell you, as a kid, it was a scene like I kind of tuned out as a kid, to be totally oh, honest with you. I really yeah. did. Because at that, all I wanted was a shark. I wanted action. <laughs> right. That's all I wanted. But now, yeah. as you know, I've learned to appreciate movies more in performance. It's a good story. It's mature. You know, yes. You know, so. I have aged like a fine wine. and <laughs> But no, I, I, I absolutely love this scene. It's probably one of my favorite scenes ever in a movie, to be honest with you. To add on to a monologue. It's it's just epic. It really is. So with this scene, though, we get uh, their conversation about personal Attacks. Oh yeah, they're scars. They're yes, scars. yeah. Uh, they'll. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any experience with shark attacks. No, 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 no I don't. <laughs> I was driving to Columbus last week and about got my head bit off by my wife because I missed an exit. But oh, that's that's probably the closest I've come to a real shark attack. Gotcha. And it happens. Yeah. You know. Sure. No, that's but that's great. That's also the. Where they're showing their battle scars, and you know, just it's it's a really funny, lighthearted moment, and uh, you know, we get a little bit of drinking, we get a little bit of singing, and then the shark decides to put the kibosh on that, mm-hmm. and it's the moment that you know Hooper and Quint finally you they know, bond. Yeah, they bond. They, There's some commonality. See, yeah. 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 And and I and that's another thing that I like about that that whole interior scene. It, oh, it's, yeah. it's great! It's it's an awesome sequence in my opinion. And but then Bruce has to go fuck it all up. Right? <laughs> he ate the power. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Richard Dreyfuss is actually pretty funny in this. He's got some pretty good stuff in this. But so is uh, Finding Nemo's Bruce a direct? Nod to this movie, you reckon? Probably. I've heard that. I would say I've heard yes. that, and I I would dare to say that there's no way you can deny that <laughs> okay. it's not. You know? Okay. But, and the interesting thing also going about this, uh, the speech about the USS Indianapolis, the only reason why this happened was because the damn shark wasn't working. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. This whole movie, everything about it was a happy accident. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair to say because it's it's an ability to adapt and overcome obstacles throughout you know the process of production. And it basically gave Steven Spielberg carte like you do whatever oh, yeah. the hell you want, and he pretty much has. Yeah, you know. I, I think mean, if we'd had more screen time with Bruce, it would have exposed him more, and I we would agree. have had I agree. Uh, a lesser movie in the end. I mean, I think the, I agree. Spielberg did a good job of filling I, that gap. Yeah, I agree. I, I yeah. Like I said, I, I you see the budding genius 
with it's, Spielberg. It's a making chicken salad out of chicken shit situation. Absolutely <laughs> it is. Absolutely yeah. it is. And he made some damn good chicken salad, I'm going to tell right. you. But, so, okay, we, we, we get, we figure out that Quint hates sharks, okay? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, all of a sudden, he just goes all like Cape, Captain Ahab, right? I mean, he, oh, yeah. he beats the hell out of the radio. Hey, man. Like why, said, why is that? He's Because he's been out of the fucking sea for too long. That that if you've been out there too long, man, that yeah, I have. just beats down on you. And yeah, you get all so little, you're just you get saying a little he just crazy. Got, you just, he just you're got ate cra- up. He he's, went he's Popeye. He's always been a little crazy, you know. He went okay. Popeye. Really do. Said all I can stands and I can't stands no more. That was awful. Anyways, okay. Well, what do you think, King? I mean, like, what do you think he went basically just ape shit? But he's faced with <laughs> this incredible danger. I mean. Why, why wouldn't Every man he? has a stress, even... stressing point, you know. And he he wanted to prove know? himself, and uh, you know he's up against the wall. We're gonna. St- <laughs> I think you're on to something because me personally, I think he knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah, that's I, I, against that, the wall. As you can get. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. I. I <laughs> so why wouldn't you let the coast coast guard come in then? You know, it's, if you weren't going to win, you know. I think it's because he couldn't beat it by himself. He didn't want anybody else to have like a chance at it or something like that. So it was greed? Kind of. Because, I mean, he gets that throughout the whole movie, you know? I mean, he's like, I, alone, you know, I'm going to go out there and kill the shark. But, for, but why do I feel like, like it's not really about the money for him? It's though. not. It's, yeah, a it's about his ego. Vendetta. Right. Okay. That's why his he, ego is he doesn't want like somebody else coming in to save the day. You know, he wants to be. He the wants alpha. to be the one to okay. take it out and shit. Absolutely. Know? Okay. I don't know. I think that's an interesting thing. That's what I, like, I think. He, I mean, because you bring up. I think we all bring up some pretty good points. But I, uh, me, I always just kind of took it away. Like he just knew he couldn't win, right. and it was kind of like, well, if I'm going down, you guys are going with me. You know, <laughs> and that's kind of a shitty attitude, and kind of like, I don't know. It made me makes me view Quinn a little bit differently, but. Yeah, okay. All right. I was just kind of curious. I wonder what you guys had to say about that. But we get this amazing showing of strength from the shark whenever they, you know, they get the barrels on them and they tie them to the stern cleats and he's just, he's pulling this ship. And uh, I guess Mythbusters has done, like, basic, basically just Jaws episode where they oh, wow. debunked a lot of things. And there's no way this could happen. <laughs> Not to the force right. of where the waves are crashing up over the stern of the ship and everything like that, but that's cool. But it's it's a great visual. It works, you know. I mean, right. it, it's just like wow, these guys are they're not they're not ready, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but the, three uh, barrels, three barrels, man. Not with three barrels. <clears throat> <laughs> But you just got towed by it. Yeah. Speaking I don't, of the, the barrel, what what, you, what what's your guys' take on the barrels? Like, as far as a visual, what what do you think, King? Like, it, does it work? It was yeah, like, it totally saves yeah. money too. You know, and they don't, you don't have to show the shark, and it gives you that representation of where he's at and the approach without having to show the shark. You know, it's yeah. another one of the you know less is more kind okay. of effects. I also think it was know? a logical, you know attempt you know for them 
and to this make will, to be able to identify where the shark is at, yeah, and, I, I was and like, try to slow it down at least, keep it up on top. Technology of the time yeah. uh, meets, you know, that's you know, they're genius thinking on what we can do to and. If I'm contain. not mistaken, I don't think the barrels that that was not in the book. If I'm not mistaken, mm. I'm uh, pretty sure. From what I read, I could be wrong on that. About that is the original ending was the the basically Jaws succumbed to uh, being Hoover's. exhausted from yeah that whole the way that played out uh, and Hoover's drugs. That's how it, you know. That was the ending. Yeah, it's in the a, book. it was very anticlimactic. Yeah, Where, it really in the is. movie they blow him the fuck up. <laughs> but, right, and Peter Benchley, I guess he was like super against the ending, and he had to be escorted off offset. Oh man, um, that's my favorite part of the movie. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a great part. Yeah, you know, it is. I would have escorted him off the set too if he came now, acting I mean, like that. The shot is questionable. It's like Peter. But, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, you don't know it yet, and nobody else does too. But the Spielberg cat, he knows what he's doing. You know, yeah, he proved himself. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you. But uh, the shark cage scene where we know, like, where he's like, "Well, you got any better suggestions?" <sighs> Man, that's got us balls. Balls, yeah, boy. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could, especially with a rogue like that going on. You know, I don't know if I could do that, man. And the thing is, like, you see him being such, like, depicted as, like, this nerdy, just, like, he's not manly, but then, like, he does, like, the manliest thing in this movie. Yeah. Like, that whole sequence, like, he's, he's getting ready, and he's mind. like, I've got no spit, and, and I don't know what, I, I didn't understand that as a kid, but basically, what it what they're referring to in that is, like, whenever there's high levels of stress within the body, a lot of the time you can't create saliva. Mm-hmm. And Why do you spit on your glasses on his goggles then? Uh, What's the to, point of that? To keep him, keep him cleaned off and to kind of give like a little bit of a kind of a coating in a way so that you don't fog. Oh, okay, okay. I've always wondered why people do that. So yeah, all right. But uh, but no, that's a great great sequence. And once we get under the water and he's down there and everything's just quiet and you just kind of hear. Like you know, you know, you know that sound when you're underwater. You just hear that water. is scary. That but is crazy. I would never do that. That's insane. I know. I mean, and he's just <laughs> getting the, everything ready, and then bam, out of nowhere, man, from behind, you you get the shark coming at him, and it's on. And I'm telling you, that is some of them. At the time when I saw this as a kid, was some of the most amazing stuff that I've ever seen on on TV. I mean, it really was. It blew me away. It was so... I, to me, it was so realistic. The the fear and the terror that Richard Dreyfus displayed through his goggles with, you know, the like the, the underwater screaming and his... Yeah. You see his eyes, and I, I don't know, man. It just... It, it really worked for me. Really worked for me. And he did what he had to do, and he just hit out. I was wondering if he was just going to run out of air. I mean... Right. The entire time. <laughs> well, but in the book, he actually does end up oh. perishing. Like he he ends up getting eaten in the oh, okay. in the, the the shark cage attack. But Ron and Valerie Taylor, they got such incredible footage of this great white getting tangled up in the the rope and everything with the this shark uh, cage, miniature shark cage, by the way. Right. That it was 
deemed such great footage that you just you couldn't not put it on screen. Hmm. So they made it where Hooper escaped and just kind of hit out right. <laughs> until and they had a happened. good underneath view of it. So that's why they stuck Richard Dreyfuss down on the ocean floor to look up at it. I mean, yeah, and it worked. I mean, they've yeah. It's a ter- it's a terrifying scene. It really is. And then it's crazy too, because you know people who do that stuff nowadays, like go and go shark diving mm-hmm. and everything in the cages, they've got comms. You know, they got communications right linked up to the top and everything. It's, He's just going in. Yeah, it's know, far more sophisticated. I mean, they know, basically he, he doesn't even have like a rope. Like, yeah, they hooked it on like the, you can tell they, they they hooked it up on uh, one of the rungs that's like the ladder that goes up the, right. up the mast or whatever. You know, I mean, this is a very it's totally podunk, man. right? Yeah, very much. I mean, but no, I, I will say that I have been intrigued by doing shark diving, uh, despite what happens to Hooper in that scene and seeing forty-seven meters down. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's something that has intrigued me because it is like you were talking about it and now it's way more sophisticated of a situation and I, I I think I would feel a little more comfortable doing it and I think it would be amazing it'd be mind blowing to be honest with you yeah would you would you yeah. ever do it King would you I ever mean, go shark diving in a cage like that with modern technology as opposed to stone age technology maybe yeah, but I, okay. after watching Forty Seven Meters Down, that that would make me even skeptical because that was very effective with modern technology. So. Yeah, no, I, I actually I took Adrian to go see that, and it, it was it's a, it was a good popcorn movie. It was entertaining. Yeah. I guess there's a lot of unrealistic things if you if you're familiar with diving and things like that, but I'm not. But from what I get from a cinematic aspect, aspect, uh, it's an entertaining movie. You get more of the sharks that work. Uh, and CGI, of course, but right. sharks that work effectively in a movie, if you're looking for that. <laughs> yeah. Did you see The Shallows? Yes. What'd yeah. you think of that? Um, it ranks below 47 meters down to me, but because it's just one person and there's not a whole lot of... I mean, there's no dialogue, really, after you get to that point where we're in danger, right. which is 90% of the movie. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's I think it's under forty seven meters down for me. Um, but what it, about? It, it plays on that fear. I mean, sure. It, those three are the the three shark movies that I consider. What about the Meg? Did you did you guys see the oh, see that? I have not. See, I don't consider that one of the three shark movies that I consider. So. Okay. Uh, that's another yeah. for me. That's a popcorn movie. Just take it for what it's worth and just enjoy the ride. Just be entertained. Don't. Don't try to look into it too it's much. It's pretty. It's a pretty movie. Yeah, but it is. It's, not, it's visually fantastic. The story is not effective to me at all. I hear you. I don't buy it. I don't. That's fair. I got you. I mean, immediately my concern was, oh, we're having Jason Statham fight the biggest shark ever <laughs> in a movie, and that doesn't work for me as a premise. You. So therefore, it wasn't something that I took seriously and couldn't compare to these. What about Sharknado? Oh, those are fun. <laughs> I, those are way more fun than Meg, to me. Really? really? Okay. Oh yeah, Sharknadoes are fun. Oh man, see, I saw the first one and I was like, "That's it." I'm, I'm <laughs> well, you've <sighs> you missed it. something then because uh, they got those movies actually kind of got better as they went, but they are cheesy and it's meant to be satire. And it's you like have I, to I know appreciate it's, it for just like that. Feast. See, but I I 
I can appreciate Feast. But, I don't know, Sharknado, to me, it's just, it's too much. It's too schlocky, it's too cheesy for me. But I will say, and, and it might be the second one, but where the, when, uh, is it Ian Ziering, where he's got this big-ass, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, chainsaw, and he, like, yeah. rips this shark from, from head to tail or tail to head, what, I can't remember which way, but that was cool, <laughs> you know, but it's just, like, I don't know. It it doesn't work for me, and I've never seen any of the sequels. It's just for fun. I mean, I, I understand that, but I don't. I, for me, it's just it's so far fetched and out there, where it's just like I don't. It's it's not even entertaining. It's one of those movies when it came out, I, I didn't take it serious and didn't didn't even give can't it a take chance. It serious, dude. Yeah, and then can't. I think after they'd done three of them, I was like, all right, let's like let's five. try. Yeah, like right. Four, four. Well, I've seen them all now because I mean, I actually did after. <laughs> Waiting to get on board, I got on board and you know watched like three of them in a day, and I was like, okay, yeah, these are kind of fun. They're they're funny. They're they're worth a watch. They're worth a once through, and uh, that's it. Okay. If you like satire about sharks, uh, there you go. That's I'm, and top I'm of sure the list. It's chalked full of Jaws puns. Um, yeah, and everything. I mean, they go Back to the Future it, and everywhere with it. Isn't uh, oh, what's his name? Sugar Ray's Mark McGrath. Isn't he Martin Brody credited as that as that in one of the movies? Gosh, he got me. There. I don't know the, the facts on it, but oh, man. it wouldn't surprise me. To I me, mean, that's just like that's too much. That's not a wink and a nod. That's like shoving you down the stairs. This is too much. Yeah, well, Sharknadoes are shoving you down the we stairs. We are now connected to Jaws from from the beginning to the end. Of the series. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're getting off topic. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's <laughs> it's a topic enough that it's sure it's I, worth I, discussing because I think Sharknadoes are fun and they are something that. If you want a fun shark movie that's not serious at all, there you go. I got you. I'll allow it. Right. Take it for a ride. But Quint's death, again, another scene that was intended to be way more graphic and visceral. But I don't know. From my opinion, so cool. I, I think you get enough where that is, that's awful. Did that he is, break his leg during the filming of that? Mm, I'm not sure. Quint? Like Robert Robert Shaw, life, Robert Shaw? Yeah, I oh, thought so. Well, I, didn't I don't know. know. I thought he had a real injury during that scene. And they, huh. Oh, I don't know about I don't know if it was a serious injury, a serious break, but I mean, I thought that... That's possible. I, I, I didn't come across anything on that, but... Hmm. Okay. They had rough tides during the filming. Oh, yeah, this filming was just... The, the, the whole thing was just riddled for just so many things going against... Like I said, it, it's a miracle this movie ever got made. And then to have the the cultural impact that it had worldwide just adds to the like wow this is amazing. You yeah, know? it's an element that hadn't been played yet, right? You know, really. Yeah, so. absolutely. But uh, I I really like where after the shark busts through and he's in the boat and Brody's in there and he's sho- he shoves the the tank in his mouth. We get like he he needs the floss. Yeah. So is that is that Quint? Yes. Is that, is that yeah. supposed to be Quint? The shreds of Quint skin and clothing. Okay. Hmm. For sure. I don't know. I always thought that kind of added something to yeah. it. That just was like, oh, wow. this is just, It's just gritty. Yeah, when he's doing his final approach and everything, he's got the tank and you see all that. You can see like floating blue and everything. Flailing just, around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, dude, he's been on a freaking rampage, rampage for a long he's time. He's been at a buffet. <laughs> He's yeah. been hard at it. He didn't have right. time to pick his teeth, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> right up again. 
but we get another iconic line as the orca is slowly sinking into the ocean and Brody's up on the mast and smile you son of a bitch epic epic kaboom I mean I'm for my for my money's worth that is that is the epitome of a satisfying ending yeah it is cool I mean <laughs> you see the ship sinking and it, you know there's inconsistencies there, yeah, yeah there's some inconsistencies with it so you know it's not a perfect movie <laughs> 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 right, but the, the the crow's nest that he's in, dude. I mean, he, he it, like it's sinking so fast, and right before he takes that last shot, and then right. he hits it, and it's like the boat stops sinking, right, right then and there. You know, yep. it's it a little weird. I don't know. I was yep. like, okay, he needs to regain himself, and it was something be drowning here a second. <laughs> it, it was something I noticed, but I didn't care. Right, I didn't just care. Like, oh, victory, okay, yeah, you won the game. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it just I don't know the way it was edited and cut and the the, the music going it just it was it was such a it was such a blast scene. it was huh. a blast <laughs> King coming in with a waka 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 watch out now but, uh, but yeah that was a cool scene though very cool scene well guys does anybody that else have any that was Jaws yeah so I think we're ready for wrap ups and yeah, ratings yeah, absolutely all right who wants to I'll, I'll start. Take the head on this. Yeah, I mean, Jaws is not my tail. favorite movie of all time or anything. I, I do enjoy it. Um, I always have. But, I, like I said, the fear factor that people usually get from it, I do not have. Um, it is f- just a fun movie for me to watch. I like some yeah, the kill scenes. Um, yeah, Quint's lines are fantastic. Um, I'm not a big fan of Roy Scheider, though. To be honest, you know, um, he he is replaceable. You know, that's a tough. Richard Dreyfuss is yeah, I, I love that role. It's a good good role. Yeah. Um, I I have to give it a an eight out of out of ten. Okay. Eight out of ten for me. Okay. All right. So an eight out of ten for Jaws from the Lord. Right, what saith the King? I'm I'm maybe ahead of that by a little bit due to the fact that I appreciate it. Right. For what other people appreciate it for. Okay. So it's really, I would say, a nine. All right. Even. Nine. Okay. Okay. Just, yeah. It's not something that is one of my absolute favorites, but I respect what it did. Okay. So And I give it a little more credit for that. It's so it's one of those movies that's like, it, if it's on TV, you'll you'll watch it. If there's nothing else yeah, on yeah. yeah, you'll absolutely watch this. Even I mean, if there and, is something else on it. Yeah. Well, for me, yeah. Sure, I mean yeah. it's it's that it's <laughs> that kind of movie. Real quick before I go into my ratings and review, we're we're in the you know the the day and age of like there's remakes all the time. As a kid, I always wanted a remake of this because there is a significant drop off from Jaws to Jaws Two. Although I still find Jaws Two highly entertaining, and then there's a dramatic drop off from Jaws Two to Jaws Three, and on to Jaws the Revenge. But I, as a kid, I wanted a remake. As an adult, I'm like, don't you dare touch this movie. You just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. What do you guys say about it? Like, you, <laughs> oh, is I, something I you totally want? don't want to see this remade. Okay. You know, even with my uh, disagreements of casting, I, I mean, it's still a formidable 
movie, man. It's it's awesome. It's Jaws, for Christ's sakes. Okay. I yeah. mean, in a way, every, yeah, leave it alone. Every you know underwater monster attack movie since Jaws is a Jaws remake. You, you're right. Orca, the killer whale that we're talking about in '79. Here's the thing: it. if yeah. if they remade it, it wouldn't be practical effects. Which I, destroys I like, it. Destroys it. I would like to hope there would be a combination of the two because I mean, let's just let's not deny it. There, there would absolutely be CGI. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely, dude. Because it worked. Because that you got sucks. it in forty-seven meters yeah. down, and it's. I will say it's pretty decent. Yeah, I, I bought into it on that. The shallows a little less. You know, but still, yeah, not bad. Yeah, and I'm usually a let's go with practical effects guy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we all are. I mean, on on a shark movie, nah, we we got I that. I appreciate the fact that you know this only has a little, you know, less is more here. You know, I really do. No, it 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 absolutely. I, it, it's again, it's that one of those many happy accidents that works, and it elevated that this movie to the legendary status that it is, but. Okay, so Jaws is rated PG, has a runtime of two hours and four minutes. It was released June twentieth, nineteen seventy-five. On an estimated eight million dollar budget, it made over seven million its opening weekend and grossed over four hundred and seventy point six million dollars worldwide and literally rang the dinner bell for the summer blockbuster movie. It was nominated for four Academy Awards. It won three. It won for best editing, best score. And best sound, it didn't win best picture. It lost out to the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. Mm. IMDb has this as an 8 out of 10. And their 238th best ranked movie of all time. Has a meta score of 87. Rotten Tomatoes score of 97%. And an audience score of 90%. It is not currently streaming anywhere. But you can rent it on Amazon Prime for $3.99. If you don't own it, what's wrong with you? Right. But... I'm going to ring that bell, guys. This is a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, my God. Nice. And One food of cuckoo sauce. I appreciate it. This movie. Oh. It is. Not it's debatable. Me, That's debatable. One flew over. It's one of my... It, it's up there. I see why it would be that in Best Picture, for sure. <clears throat> no, I, I understand what, it, too. I can appreciate that, but... No, I, I get it. Yeah, that's that's something I realized that no, this actually is not just my childhood favorite movie. This is my favorite movie of all time. Good deal. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, this concludes our review of Jaws from 1975. We hope you all enjoyed listening as much as we did talking about it. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast and be on the lookout for new announcements and drawings. We'd like to hear from you on any ideas for future episodes or input on older older episodes. Or any questions you may have, you can also find us on the Facebook page and email the show at nostalgiahighwaypodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give a huge shout out to Cody Jones and Sean Jackson for our theme music. On behalf of Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am the Mayor Matt Logson. I want to thank you all for hitching a ride along with us today and have a safe and happy 4th of July. And we'll catch you out next time on the highway. Da-da. Jesus da-da. Christ. Da-da. That is a classic case of me just getting way ahead of myself and just... I'm going to let you edit this one. <laughs> okay. There's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>